Hey everyone, I hope you're having a lovely day. This week I felt like God wanted me to talk about forgiveness and what the Bible says about it. So let's start off the brand new month with a very important topic of forgiveness. Firstly, I wanted to start off with some important notes before we delve into the Bible. So some important things to note are, one, a huge misconception is that forgiving someone is forgetting what they did and pretending nothing happened without processing it. That's not true at all. Even with forgiveness, you can still remember the incident and still have a heart of love towards that person. Forgiveness is also not saying that what the other person did was okay or that they have the right to keep hurting you. Number two, another misconception is that just because you forgive someone, they can access your heart again, meaning you have to share your life with them in a very meaningful and vulnerable way. But that's not true because there is a difference between trusting someone and loving someone. You can love without trusting them as you would a super close friend. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's the definition of love according to the Bible. And the textbook definition of trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And to trust God means to always turn towards God no matter what your circumstances are and to depend on him to deliver you out of everything. And when we look at the Bible, this is what it has to say about trust. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Psalm 118, 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. So really, our trust should first and foremost be in God. So loving someone does not necessarily mean you have to trust them with your heart. And loving someone does not mean you keep letting that person hurt you over and over again. You can draw boundaries on what you're comfortable sharing with them or comfortable asking them to do for you. I've also realized that love is not transactional. You don't give someone your trust so that they feel compelled to love you. Because even if you trust them, they also won't necessarily love you. They should love you simply because you exist and God has created you with value. Number three, you also don't need the other person to apologize or be present for you to forgive them. Forgiveness happens in the heart and you can forgive them from anywhere. And a lot of the times people won't apologize for the hurt they've done to you, but you still need to forgive them. So what then is forgiveness, Jamie? Well, forgiveness is letting go of the anger, resentment, and bitterness towards people who have hurt you. And I know it's not easy because it doesn't feel fair that you let them off the hook, but another important note is vengeance is God's and not yours. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. When you accept God's forgiveness, you give up any right to avenge yourself. And when God comes back with vengeance, know the wicked who have not repented will be dealt with justly. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be on that list. Additionally, when you don't forgive someone, it hurts you infinitely more than it hurts them. 
It prevents you from moving on with your life and your mind constantly thinks about your hurt and the root of bitterness grows deeper and deeper until it consumes you or makes you a really ineffective disciple. In my experience, I don't think you can love the people around you completely with God's love unless you've forgiven the people who have hurt you. Alright, now let's move on to what the Bible requires us to do when it comes to forgiveness. Number one, it requires us to forgive others. Matthew 6, 14-15 says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That is why it is so important for us to forgive because it says that God will not forgive you of your sins if you don't forgive others. And really, it checks your faith and reveals to you where your heart is in understanding God's grace. Matthew 18, 21-22 says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. The meaning behind this verse is to forgive someone as many times as necessary if they sin against you and repent each time. But it also says in Matthew 18, 15-17, If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector." So Jesus does give you a protocol on how to forgive and what to do when someone who is already a believer refuses to repent. And that's what it means when in verse 15 it says, if your brother sins against you, if your brother or sister is already a believer. And then number two, the Bible also tells us to repent. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oftentimes, it takes two to tango when it comes to someone getting hurt. We as humans are very biased towards ourselves and it's so much easier to see where the other person messed up and not where we messed up. So when you get hurt, go to God and ask him to reveal to you if and what parts you messed up or where you hurt the other person. And if you sinned against them, then you have to repent. Number three, to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6.8 says, he has told you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Human pride is evil. It prevents us from walking with God because we think we're smarter, more powerful than him. And although we might not outright say that, we express it in many different ways. Like when you think you know what's best and you ignore God's advice, or you rush into something because you want things to happen right away. Or when you think you have the right to be angry at someone for hurting you. All sin is done against God and he holds the ultimate right to be angry, not you. And it's really hard to walk humbly with the Lord. But the more time you spend with him, the more you become like him. And Jesus was the king of humility. And number four, Hebrews 12, 14 to 15. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. 
The Bible calls us to strive for peace, meaning to make great efforts to achieve or obtain it. God wants us to forgive so that the root of bitterness does not cause trouble, which the Bible promises it will. Alright, so now that I've told you the four things that the Bible requires us to do regarding forgiveness, let's move on to some practical steps on how to forgive someone. There's not a set order in which you need to do these things, but these are steps that God has revealed to me as I asked him how to forgive specific people, and it's been super helpful to me, so I hope that it will be super helpful to you. Number one is to ask God to help you see the situation. So I was telling God about someone who hurt me and I asked why she would do that to me. And he said, because she's broken, just like you. And I was like, wow, he was able to comfort, correct and humble me all at the same time. Number two, tell him that you can't do it and ask for God's supernatural forgiveness. Before I talked to my roommate, I really had to get down on my knees and just be super honest with God. I told him I didn't want to forgive, but I knew I couldn't live in this state anymore because it was weighing heavy on me, and I didn't want to be anxious, and I didn't want anyone else around me to be anxious. Number three, acknowledge the pain. Be honest with your feelings and don't brush it under the rug. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we have to numb ourselves in how we feel. Being a Christian isn't pretending everything is okay. It's bringing all of our feelings to God and asking him to help us process through the pain. Number four, don't play the situation over and over again in your head. And then instead, ask God to remind you of the good times that you guys have had. So usually if someone has the ability to really hurt you, that means they were important to you and that you love them. So ask God to remind you why you love them. Ask him to bring back memories of things you guys did together. Philippians 4.8 tells us, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What was true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise about that relationship you had with the person in conflict? So often, our flesh wants to dwell on the wrongs and hurts that they cloud all the other times that we did love each other. Number five, decide you want to forgive. And if you're not there, ask God to help you want to forgive. Number six, admit to God that you're prideful. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. 1 Corinthians 3.19 When you admit that you're prideful, you're able to humble yourself before God, and that really prepares your heart to be in a position that is able to forgive. Number seven, ask God to give you grace for the other person. Even if you think they don't deserve to be forgiven, remember, neither do you. I know in unforgiveness, there is this feeling that the other person needs to pay or suffer. But God reminded me that Jesus already paid and suffered on their behalf, just like he did on your behalf. And before Jesus forgave us, he didn't expect us to pay back our debts or punish ourselves. Likewise, you shouldn't and can't expect the person who hurt you to do those things. Grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners. And just like how God gave you grace, you must also give grace to those around you. Number eight, remember forgiveness can happen in waves as well as in an instant. 
as I've learned to forgive my mom, I've realized I've had to do it over and over again because God reveals new things that I have to forgive my mom for at a time that I'm ready to forgive her. Little bit by little bit, he kind of peels back the layers of hurt and unforgiveness, kind of like an onion. And so sometimes it takes time. And sometimes God can help you forgive someone in an instant, but other times it requires you to surrender more and more to God each time you forgive. But that doesn't mean your forgiveness isn't real. You're on the right track and don't let the devil tell you that forgiving someone isn't doing anything. That's a straight up lie. And to end this episode, I wanted to share a recent story where I had to forgive and apologize. And it was one of the hardest things to do emotionally because I really had to submit to God's authority and not my own pride. So one of my roommates, and I'm going to call her Amanda, even though that's not her name, just to respect her privacy. One of my roommates, Amanda, would confront me about a lot of things that I had done that had hurt her, but she would say things I didn't remember doing or at least having any malintentions towards her when I did those things. So one time she accused me of bullying one of my other roommates, Stephanie, when we were talking in the kitchen, and that was really hurtful because it just wasn't true. I asked Stephanie if she felt bullied, and she said, no, we were just joking. I talked to Amanda about it afterwards, and she said, oh, maybe it was just a miscommunication. But I was really confused because I didn't know why she was offended and why I was the one being blamed. When she had accused me, it was in the middle of my conversation with Stephanie and her boyfriend was there. And she just stopped the conversation and said, Jamie, why do you like to bully Stephanie? And so when she said that, I was really confused and really hurt, honestly, because I had no idea what she was talking about and it seemed like she was attacking my character. And I know that's not the type of person I am. I don't bully people and so I think that's why it was so hurtful. And then more instances would come up where she said I was doing something that hurt her, but I genuinely didn't think I was doing it. One time, she said she didn't like it when I commented on her eating fried chicken and she felt I was judging her. But from my perspective, my comment was, ooh, yum, and my intention was to say that her food looks good. And I felt super blindsided because I thought those were just normal things that I could say and then it would take days or weeks until she confronted me about those things. And by then, I just didn't remember what I said because it was so long ago. Another time, she said I made her feel like she was in the way whenever I was rushing around the house. And then she also said that I pushed her aside. And I don't think I, like, I had no intention to make her feel unwelcomed. And I don't think I ever pushed her aside. And the hardest part was that I really didn't think I was saying the things that she said I was saying. And when I asked her to point it out in the moment, she said she couldn't because she freezes during those times. But that made it super hard for me because I felt stuck. It seemed like I was doing things that I wasn't aware of. And when I asked if she could point it out in the moment, she couldn't until a week later, at which point I didn't remember what I had said. So I never knew when the next thing I said would hurt her. And it got to a point where I subconsciously avoided her and set the bare minimum of hi and bye. I was living in anxiety because I didn't know when the next thing I said or do would offend her, so I just tried not to say anything at all. 
But after a month and a half, my boyfriend told me I couldn't run away from my problems. And I didn't even know I was. I just I just knew that I was uncomfortable around her. But God convicted me to talk to her because the living situation was super tense. I could feel it and she could feel it. And before I talked to her, I was down on my knees and praying to God to help me forgive because I genuinely didn't know how to forgive. On my side, it felt like I was being accused of things I didn't think I did and I was constantly doing something wrong. And no other roommates had brought up stuff that she's brought up to me, so I didn't know what was true anymore. Were the things that I said actually hurtful and mean or is that just how she felt? And I didn't want to forgive her because I didn't think I was doing anything wrong, yet she said I was. And I couldn't force myself and buckle down to forgive her. I really had to ask God to help me. During the conversation we had afterwards, we both said we didn't feel comfortable around each other. And she said she had nothing left to give me and thought about if one of us needed to move out of the house. She also said I was gaslighting her by denying the things I did. And I was honestly speechless because I didn't know the situation had gotten that bad. And our relationship seemed hopeless. But after hearing each other's sides, we both wanted to give each other one last chance and we decided to be vulnerable again to a certain degree. We agreed not to share anything super personal with each other the first couple of weeks and we agreed to start a group chat where if one person said or did something to hurt the other person, they would write it in the chat and then that would allow both of us to digest and then come back and talk about that topic later. And after our conversation, I could literally feel our hearts open towards each other. Later that night, it also dawned on me that I hadn't actually apologized to her because there was a part of me that still felt wronged. But during our conversation, I felt compassion for her because I could see that she was really hurt and she was crying even if I didn't have any intent to hurt her. So that in turn helped me humble myself before her and God. And God convicted me to apologize. And so I told her I was sorry for hurting her and ignoring her. And I said, I hope you'll forgive me. This conversation was beyond uncomfortable to do, but I could see even though I didn't intend to hurt her, I still did hurt her by not talking to her. And although I do believe I didn't do some of the things that she said I did, like making fun of her accent or making fun of her weight, God showed me that I still needed to take responsibility for hurting her. I also needed to be humble enough to accept that there are hurtful things I might have said that I wasn't aware of saying or doing. I never got an apology from her for my hurt, but it doesn't really matter because I still choose to love her and forgive her. And in the end, that is better than any apology could have done. And it's still hard sometimes. Since this happened recently, my brain's automatic response is to be guarded around her. And I have to choose to believe the best of her intentions and choose to see her how God sees her. And even after forgiving her, it's not easy to automatically trust her, which isn't something you have to do after you've forgiven someone. But because I'm still living with her, I did want to connect on a deeper level. And then one day within the month, Amanda was having a 
really hard week at work, and she trusted me enough to share her story about anxiety towards her new job. I started tearing up because I had compassion for her. And guys, I don't usually cry when people are telling me about their stories because I'm much more of a thinker, but my heart hurt for her heart, and God gave me this image for her that really encouraged her. And she told me later on that it was a very beautiful moment for her to see that my heart was open towards hers. Guys, our relationship has changed so much since then, and that was about a month and a half ago. I can literally feel that her spirit is much lighter and my heart is much more open, and my heart has learned to put up boundaries, not walls. So with forgiving people, there is freedom and breakthrough in your relationship with God as well. I am able to feel more of my emotions and process with God a lot easier because in opening up my heart to my roommate, I've also opened up my heart to God. And I want those things for you guys. So if you are stuck in unforgiveness towards someone or something or a group of people or just maybe even towards God, ask God to help you see the situation correctly and be able to forgive those who you think have wronged you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening on this week's episode. I hope you found this episode to be helpful and that you would leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much and it would help get the word of this episode out to more listeners like you. Alright, bye. Have a lovely week.